This is Fine Rambles, number 50. So, last week, I was at Coachella. (laughs) And I know exactly what you're thinking. Matt, what the hell were you doing at Coachella? And you're absolutely right. I had absolutely no business being there. I'll take it even a step further. Anything I go to, it's over. Ring the bell on Coachella. (laughs) It's over. The party is done. Anyways, I was there because a friend of mine called me up last year and said, do you want to come? And I said, fuck no. (laughs) I don't want to go to Coachella. I don't like crowds. I don't like this kind of music. And then I thought, that's probably why I should go. So how can I put this? The first night, which, by the way, was the only night I actually went to Coachella, I saw the headliner, Childish Gambino, perform. And he was terrible. He was incoherent. He was a mess. And then I went home and read the articles about his performance, and everyone was very you know, congratulatory. They were like, this was amazing. Oh my God. And I guess as a 40-year-old, that's sort of how I view this entire event. And I know this is just sort of me being a curmudgeon, you know, kids these days. Let me give you an example. Okay. So once you got to the venue, you still had to walk about a mile on this very dark, dusty, dirty path. And Remember, the people coming to this event are just immaculately dressed. There were very colorful cowboy boots with heels. I saw a lot of people wearing thongs underneath these sort of like mesh skirts, I guess. A lot of people had crystals glued <laughs> glued to their face. And so they don't want to do this walk. And again, this is maybe, what, 200,000 people forking out a couple hundred bucks each? Not exactly the most pleasant way to get to the venue, or to get from the venue to the actual stage. So this is an enormous polo field, and the cops were directing traffic, basically, to drop everyone off at the Uber drop-off zone. Very few people were willing to get out of the car and walk to the entrance, because again, they're dressed to the nines. They've put a lot of effort into this. Maybe they're with a group. Maybe one person doesn't want to do it. And so they end up sitting in this line for, and get this, two hours (laughs) before they get to the actual drop-off point. Okay, so let's just step back for a second. You have spent an hour making yourself just beautiful, just amazing. You are ready for your Instagram moment. You call an Uber or you have someone drive. It's a half hour there from Palm Springs. You then wait in line to get dropped off for two hours, say 20 minutes, to get to the actual venues. Then, given that there's 200,000 people there, you're either willing to be on a Japanese subway or you're a half mile from Ariana Grande. So basically, you end up looking at a big screen that shows the performer through your little screen that is your phone. Again, I know, like, I'm sure the people who this is targeted to thought it was amazing, and I'm sure that's like, oh my god, the 17-year-old with her friends. Oh, that's the other thing. So people were in these little pods or these little groups. 
there was no intermingling between these groups. You might have a group of 10 people, and it literally looked like they'd gotten, you know, a couple cars together and driven there from Orange County. You'd have one guy at the front holding, like, a stick that was glow-in-the-dark, or he's holding, like, a big balloon or something. And then, just like tourists in some European capital, everyone else is following behind him, and they're all holding hands, or each person has their hand on the next person's shoulder. And again, these groups didn't interact. Not even that. I didn't even see any, like, couples kissing. They just spend their time on the phone. It's like they're not even there. Again, I understand this is like the new normal, but for me, it's strange. The second day, and this is sort of taking Coachella to 11, we went to the Revolve party. And again, like I am so far behind on all of these ideas and all these trends. It's like I'm a caveman trying to describe Manhattan to you. How can I put this? Revolve was a fake party. (laughs) I can't describe it any other way. First of all, just getting there was insane. A lot of, I think, aspiring Instagram influencers who the party was basically tailored for, they don't have a lot of money, right? So the party had a bus (laughs) waiting for them, or at least shuttling them between a Walmart parking lot and the party. So we get to the parking lot, and there must be 250 people, average age 22, average time spent on outfit two hours, waiting in like 95 degree heat for an hour to go to this party. Okay, Matt, what happened once they got to the party? Basically, they would go from station to station, And each station was sort of this pre-arranged photo opportunity. For example, they had this enormous display of flowers. It was really beautiful. The Instagram influencers would line up in front of each of these stations. Once they got to the front, they would take maybe 10 minutes of pictures. You know, all the classic poses. And then the next person would take their pictures. Meanwhile, the first person would move on to the next prearranged photo opportunity. Again, there was very little socializing. There was almost no interaction between these different groups. People were, how can I put this? They were, they were at work. They were there doing their job. And I think the job looks something like this. You go to one of these events. You take fabulous pictures post them to your Instagram account, you gain more followers, and then venues like Coachella invite you to the next event. And so you just end up bouncing from Coachella to Ibiza to the Hamptons to Burning Man, all the while trying to gain more followers, which you can eventually monetize. And what's hilarious is I think this is the same approach you see across every industry in social media, right? So So for the Instagram influencer, you take very cute pictures, they're kind of sexy, and I think of it as being, you know, extreme, a little bit outrageous, and maybe a little bit controversial. And that's how you get the attention that gets this flywheel going. It's the same idea in politics. If you want to get more followers for your Twitter account, you don't take nuanced positions, you go right to the extreme, and you are as vitriolic and and controversial as you possibly can be. Again, I think it's the same idea in investing. 
Investing is seen as a relatively boring field, but I think social media is beginning to change that. There's this company I just learned about called Arc Invest, and they have a pretty controversial Twitter account where they post very, very bullish posts on controversial companies like Tesla or 3D printing companies. But that, that uh, how can I put this? But that polarizing approach gets them enough people who then invest in their ETFs. I think at last count, they've attracted something like $1.5 billion of assets. And that's a win. So across these very different industries, I think you're seeing a very similar approach to how social media enables success. And I think that's the future. I think that's the future for a lot of different industries. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, that's all I got this week. I'll catch you later.